0: quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. We're here to provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. Hello, this is Mike Frost here at Mach 1 and today we've got with us on the podcast, our CEO and founder, David Lee. How are you doing, David? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Also, we got our senior vice president and financial advisor, Matt. How's it going, Matt? Doing well. Good. Thanks, Mike. And also, we have Natalie, our producer for the podcast and also our marketing director. Natalie, how's it going?
0: It's going well. Hello, everyone.
1: All right. So for today's topic. Something all generations want to know about. So we've got three different generations sitting here today. We've got the Boomers, uh, 60-something. We've got the... Wait, wait,
0: wait. Who's that?
1: Me. (laughs) So we have the Baby Boomers, which I'm a member of. Uh, We have the Gen X, that would be Mr. Lee. And we have the Millennials, which would be Matt and Natalie. So we're going to be talking about questions surrounding social security that affect all three age groups. All right, let's start off with this first question. We hear this all the time. Will social security be around when I need it?
0: Yeah, that, you're right, Mike. That's a common question that comes up all the time, especially with younger people, right, Matt? I mean, you, yeah. you see that a lot with uh, the younger people that, that, uh, that you end up seeing. What's the common advice you give to younger people?
2: yeah absolutely so my kind of rule of thumb and i don't have any like hard facts or research to back this up but um, i always tell clients that are coming in new prospective clients you know if you're 45 or younger let's look at two different planning scenarios one that includes social security and one that does not and let's maybe plan for not having it just to see if we can make things work financially and if we can you know then Obviously, if it's there, then things will be that much better,
0: yeah, and for older folks like Mike and I tend to tend to uh, see uh, i I tell you I would tell you, yes, I think it's a very, very high probability social security is going to be there for you, and it's going to continue to be stable for you and a lot of the reasons why we say that is because of the way. Social
1: Security is funded, right, Mike? In the way Social Security is funded. So the short answer to that question is yes. As long as there's still people working and paying into Social Security, then there will be some Social Security. Now it may look different if we don't change some things. As of right now, the Social Security Administration says the trust fund will be depleted by 2035. So what does that mean? Well, right now they're saying, if that's the case, nothing changes then whatever your benefit supposed to be in 2035, you'll only get 79 to 80% of that. But Social Security will be there as long as we have workers paying into the system.
0: So, so let's talk just a little bit uh, about how it's funded, because I think that can maybe uh, help people understand a little bit better and maybe give you more confidence about whether it's likely to be there. So first of all, employees pay 6.2% tax on all wages. Up to $137,700 in 2020. Uh, Then employers of those employees match that 6.2 with their own 6.2 for a total of 12.4%. If you're self-employed, if you're a self-employed business owner, you pay the full 12.4 yourself. Um, And these, these taxes fund what's called the OASDI Trust Fund and the Medicare hospital insurance trust fund.
1: So a trivia question, David, OASDI. What does that stand for? If you ever asked that on Jeopardy, old age survivor disability Disability insurance, Insurance. OASDI, the technical name for social security. So to your point, David, you you get, you pay these taxes. If you're an employee, if you make more than $137,700 a year, you don't pay any social security tax on the wages above that 137.7. So there's an opportunity if Congress decides to do something to maybe change those laws and raise that number. That's one option. Another option is to do. Yeah, we could.
0: uh, One option that I think I would like to see enacted, and I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I think an easy solution, both politically and financially, would just be to simply increase the eligibility age at which people are eligible to collect Social Security. That would really, um, that would keep the trust fund from being depleted quite so soon. And politically, it wouldn't be as difficult to tell younger generations. A lot of lot of the millennials, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of them don't think it's gonna be there for them anyway. So it, politically, it wouldn't be a, a stretch to say, well, you're just going to, to wait two more years To age 69 for example to collect full retirement benefits as opposed to age 67 and that would go a long way towards shoring up
1: social security but you know unfortunately we don't have any say in that well something's going to have to happen between now and 2035 or benefits will be cut based off of what the social security administration says bottom line though the question is will social security be there when i retire as long as people are still working paying into it the answer is yes But it may look different than what we have today all right next question we get this all the time and this is for the little bit older crowd is when should i start taking my social security benefit matt any thoughts on that um
2: yeah i mean it looks different for everybody right there's not there's not a uh, default answer that that applies for anyone and everyone that's why you want to make sure you do a full you know comprehensive retirement analysis but generally speaking if you expect to live a long time, if your life expectancy looks good, then you need to try to wait. That's just very kind of vague way of, you know, explaining it. If you don't expect to live very long, if your medical history or family history is not, you know, favorable in terms of life expectancy, then you probably want to look at filing a little bit earlier. You know, other things to take into account are do you have other guaranteed sources of income? Do you have a pension? Do you, What do your investments look like? How are your investments performing? you know how aggressive are you being what kind of rate of return? so there's there's a lot of factors as we know that go into that um, but generally speaking if you're so, if you're kind of the quote unquote average person maybe expect to live a long time, typically waiting long you know waiting a little bit longer makes can make a lot of sense.
1: So David, why does it make sense to wait longer? What's the benefit?
0: So to answer that question we got to delve into a little bit more of the details about how social Security is calculated. Um, some of you may already know this, some of you may not, but social security is calculated based on your highest 35 years of um, your work history. So if you've not worked 35 years, then you're going to have some zeros in there that's going to bring your average down. A lot of people think that uh, if you retire young, for example, that you're going to have several years of of zero in there that are going to affect your average. But again, if you've worked 35 years, you're you're okay. It's not going to in other words, it's not weighted heavier towards your latest working years, it's just the average of your highest 35 years. The other thing to, be, to understand is that if you collect before full retirement age, for most people listening out there, your full retirement age is gonna be somewhere between age 66 and 67. Then if you collect before that age, your benefit is gonna be reduced by up to 30%. So if you collect as early as age 62, you could collect 30% less. Um, so why would someone want to wait? I think was what you asked me, uh, Mike is because social security is one of the few tax efficient sources of income that you're going to have for life. Uh, even at the highest income levels, only 85% of your social security is taxable. So even, even at the highest income levels, 15% of your social security benefit is tax free. So the longer you wait, if you wait all the way to age 70 and you get that 8% per year increase from age 66 to age 70 in your Social Security benefit, then a larger portion of your monthly retirement income stream is going to be coming from Social Security, which means a larger portion of your income is tax-free.
1: So let's back up on that, Dave. So if I take it before my full retirement age, in my case, it's 66 and six months. All right. If I take it before then, I'm going to get a penalty, I'm going to get less than I normally would, but if I, then I wait past my full retirement age, if I wait all the way to 70, then I'm going to be getting a compound of like 8% more per year than I would have if I've taken it at full retirement age. So if I take it early, I get less. If I wait, I get more, all right? Correct. But the Social Security Administration has figured this out with actuar- actuarial tables saying regardless of that, if you live an, quote, average lifespan, the number should be the same, correct?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Based on actuary
1: life expectations, just like you said. So what Matt said, and if we expect to live a long time, it would make sense to wait because I get a bigger check for a longer period of time,
0: a bigger check. That's more tax efficient.
1: But if I have don't have longevity in my family, I'd probably better off taking it sooner because I may not live long enough to get.
0: Yeah. And, and I think Matt, you said this earlier, but it's not just longevity. That's the only consideration. It also comes down to your needs, right? I mean, if you, for health reasons, if you have to retire at age sixty-two, maybe you've got a very physical job and you just physically can't perform the job any longer. So you've got to retire at sixty-two or sooner, and you don't have sufficient and you don't have a pension, for example, and or you don't have a lot of retirement assets where you can bridge the gap, in other words, take income from other retirement savings to allow you to wait, obviously you're gonna to have to take it sooner rather than later.
1: So the earliest anyone can claim social security benefits is 62, unless there's some other extenuating circumstances. Now, so the good news is, as we all as advisors agree, if you can wait longer, you'll get more. So we, we like that. And the statistics are starting to prove that out. In 2005, 50% of men and 54% of women claimed their social security at age 62. In 2018, here we go, 13 years later, that number had dropped, only 27% of men And 31% of women claim Social Security at 62. So the message is getting out there. If you wait a little bit longer, you'll get more money. And so that message is sinking in. So, But back to the original question, when should I take my Social Security? As Matt said, it depends. And so you need to speak with an advisor, run the numbers, and see what makes sense in your particular situation.
2: And One last point on that, Mike. I hear a lot of people say, well, I want to take it at 62 because going back to the first question, I don't think it's going to be there. I want to get it while it's good. You know, and I think if you look at just the financial situation and the numbers, it can get daunting, kind of scary because of the national debt. You see these things. But then if you look at it from a political perspective, David, you talk about this a lot. I mean, look at how hard it is for Congress to get anything done. Mm. You know, what Congress is going to be the one in office that says, you know, you've paid into Social Security for your entire life. We're not going to let you get that money back in the form of Social Security. So I think. It's it's wise to look at all those scenarios, look at everything. Um, but
1: you know, I think it's I think it's shored up and, and in good shape for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that particular politician won't be in office very long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so we talked about will Social Security be around? We talked about when should I take it? Now the last one, it's a lot of confusion around this, I I find, is what is the difference between spousal benefits and widows benefits? Who can explain that?
0: Yeah, I'll take that one, Mike. So first of all, spousal benefit, think of it as the stay-at-home mom benefit. Now I realize today with uh, both spouses working, uh, or even in in a lot of instances, you've even got stay-at-home dads these days, but the original intent of the spousal benefit was to take care of the stay-at-home mom who stayed at home raising the kids while the dad was out working, earning a living. So the idea was we don't want to penalize the spouse and have her with zero social security income just because she made a decision to stay at home and raise the kids. Um, So the spousal benefit is based off of the spouse's work history. So let's say uh, you're married and your husband is gonna make $2,000 a month at, at his full retirement age from social security and you were a stay at home mom your whole life and you never, you know, worked uh, the required number of quarters to collect your own social security benefit, your benefit. If you wait till your full retirement age, as the spouse, you'll get 50% of your spouse's benefit. So in this example, your spouse is getting 2000 a month. You would get 1000 a month.
1: Okay. So what you're saying is there's a stay at home parent, male or female, and there's a working parent. These are, this is married a spousal benefit so whatever the working parents benefit is at full retirement age once the stay-at-home parent becomes full retirement age they get exactly half of the working parent correct that's correct
2: and one one other thing on that too is even if both spouses work but say one spouse only works part-time and earns very very little she you know if that's a he or she whoever that is if the spousal benefit is more than their personal benefit, they can still claim the spousal benefit. Right. Right. So maybe you do have a personal social security. It's just not as much as it it would be if you took half of your spouses. Right. Then you can still claim the spousal benefit.
1: Correct. There's there's a couple of rules around this. Now the spouse, they have to be married for at least 12 months before they can claim this. So, you know, we, we can't be married. Well, we won't go down that path. Now, if there was a divorce in there, they would have to have been married at least 10 years for the non-working or part-time working spouse to apply uh, on the working spouses. So, so that's spousal benefits, married spousal benefits, mainly for a stay at home parent that, you know, we don't want to, like David said, we don't want to penalize them for staying home and they get at least half of the working spouse. The key is at full retirement age. If either one of them take it before that, there's a decrease in the benefit, and it maxes out at fifty percent.
0: So unlike you heard us talking in the previous segment about how if you wait past age sixty-six or sixty-seven up to age seventy, you get eight percent increase per year for every year you wait. That does not apply to the spousal benefit.
1: That's a very key difference. That delayed credits, waiting till seventy to take it, does not benefit the spousal benefit.
0: So there is no benefit if you were a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad or you uh and you're you're married uh there is no benefit to waiting beyond full
1: retirement age to collect your spousal benefit are correct so what now we talked about spousal benefits we got that so now widow's benefits widow or widower benefits so how do those come into play so the uh the widow's benefit is
0: is obviously designed to protect spouses who were widowed um so the way that works is, let's say that you were widowed before the age of 60, you can collect your what your spouse's full retirement age benefit would have been had he or she collected it at full retirement age. You can collect that at age 60 as a widow or widower. Uh, in order to qualify for the survivor's benefit, you need to have been married at least nine months if you were married at the time of your spouse's death, or Uh, If you were divorced, at least you have to have been divorced at least 10 years and you need to be currently unmarried unless you remarried after the age of 60.
1: So we got a spouse. Well, spouse dies. All right. Now I'm 63 years old. They were taking their their Social Security at full retirement age. So now I get whatever they were getting. Let's say I was on spousal benefits, which was half. And now they pass away. Now I can convert to widow's benefit, Correct. which would have been whatever their benefit was hundred percent.
0: So you would lo- in that situation, to be clear, you would lose your spousal benefit. So let's say the, the, let's say one spouse's benefit was 2000 a month and the spousal benefit was a thousand a month. Then the spouse with the higher benefit dies the widow would lose his or her thousand a month benefit and would step into the two thousand a month benefit.
2: And this this also applies, there's also benefits for, you know, if, if uh, someone becomes a widow or widower before at a younger age, right? Especially if they have kids, at younger, minor children at home. You know, there are certain benefits that apply through the child's age of 16. Sometimes there's yes. some different rules of, you know, or the, the, the child until they graduate. Um, But once all the children are are out of the house, then a lot of those go away until then that widow or widower reaches the age of 60, like we were talking about. So there's quite a few moving parts depending on how old the widow or widower is.
1: um, And a lot that you need to make sure you,
2: you know, um, dig into and
1: understand. Lots of moving parts with social security. That's an understatement. Now for the survivor benefit, what if they were married for 15 years, got divorced, went off and did their thing. And the, wage-earning spouse dies. Can the divorced, non-working parent, the other parent, do they get anything? The answer is yes. because But they had to be married for at least 10 years, and they cannot remarry before age 60. If they remarry before age 60, they lose the, the opportunity to claim on the previous spouse's Social Security. Lots of moving pieces here. All right, last question for us. Fourth question, lot lots on a lot of people's mind, what is the average benefit from Social Security? Any ideas? Let me
2: guess. I'll guess. Um, <laughs> Mike's got it right in front of me, so I'm going to get really <laughs> accurate on my guess.
1: So $1,500. $1,500 a month. 45 million retired workers in the U.S. receive over $67.7 billion, that's a B, per month, which when you do the math, $1,503 per month per person that's receiving Social Security benefits. That's the average. Any idea what the maximum you can get? Uh, I'm going to take a
0: wild guess. $3,770.
1: <laughs> you're dead on, David. Great work. U.S. News and World Report uh, shared that with us back August of last year. So $1,500 the average, the maximum you could have received 3770 So you're not going to get rich on Social Security, and that's not what it's meant for. But So we've covered several questions today about Social Security. We've talked about, will it be around? The answer is yes, maybe a little bit different format. When should I start? The answer is it depends on your situation. The earliest you can take it is 62, and there's no reason to wait past 70 to take it. Uh, Spousal and widow benefits, totally different. The big thing there is there is no delayed credit benefit to the spousal benefit it is to the widow's benefit so again a lot of moving pieces in that and then the last one the average benefit about fifteen hundred dollars a month average that means half are you are going to get more half you're going to get less all right any parting thoughts yeah i would just
0: say you know social security planning is an important part of any sound financial retirement retirement financial plan because a typical retiree's total income picture, about a third or more of it, typically is made up of social security. So it's important to know what you're talking about and make the right decision.
2: Yeah, I guess I would leave it at, you know, just as, as big as it is, the other side of that is don't be, um, if you still have time to plan, don't let yourself be dependent on it. You know, plan, even if you believe in your confidence going to be there, let's plan and save and invest. Like we're going to have to as be if completely not, independent yeah. and we're never going to see any of that money because, because that's the best um, way to put yourself in a you know financial situation that you can be confident in. So, all right. So as always, make sure to submit any questions that you have um, on our website. You can go to the podcast tab um, and submit the questions there. Or you can email us directly at podcast at mock com. No questions today, I don't believe, but we will try to answer, you know, two or three questions at the end of each podcast. So we'd appreciate you to jump on there and submit any questions that you have.
1: All right. Well, thank you, David. Thank you, Matt. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Natalie, for producing the show and doing all the behind the scenes work to make this podcast come off like this. Job well done. And Matt, before we get to our thought of the day, I believe that something new has happened in your life recently. Would you like to share?
2: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, we had uh, me and my wife, Haley, we we welcomed a little girl into the world uh, July 4th, actually. Yeah, so we have a little, little July 4th baby. baby. Yeah. So she was a little earlier than we were expecting. So she's hanging in there doing well in the NICU right now. But uh, always appreciate the prayers and support.
1: Mom and baby are doing well. Dad's a basket case, though. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. For our thought of the day, I'm going to paraphrase what Albert Einstein said. He said, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is a definition of insanity. I changed that up a little bit. It says, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. All right, well, that's it for today. We appreciate all of you listening to this. We love you to hear your feedback. So we look forward to joining you again next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment.
0: Mock 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com disclosures.